senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 54, and once again, we're taping a hell of a lot later than we intended. This is basically going to be get it live to tape uh, and upload it, because we fully intended to tape a little earlier today, except there were workmen on the roof of the home office pounding and pounding and fucking pounding trying to get the ice out of the gutters from the last, basically, two blizzards we've had in the last 10 days here in Boston. Yeah, we're in, buried under snow again. <laughs> yeah, in time for the next foot of snow to fall in the next 24 hours. I don't think I can legitimately take much more of this. We're, this is supposed to go through the beginning of Tuesday morning, and then we have a break on Wednesday, followed by Thursday and Friday. There's supposed to be more snow plus cold. I think I'm having a stroke. I, I don't think I can. <laughs> I've never been through. I've lived in the Northeast and New England my entire life. I've been through the blizzard of 78. Yeah. I've been through. I've never been through anything like this. It looked like all through January, it's like, all right, we're going to get off light this year. We're actually going to be able to fucking drive through the whole winter. Yeah. No. And then it's just, <laughs> it's been a thousand pound shit hammer just falling every three days for the last two weeks well the biggest problem is there's nowhere to put the snow like they can come through oh, and plow. i got a, i got a place we could put the snow <laughs> son of bitching fucking weather people i'll put <laughs> <laughs> well it's not their fault they're the ones that are just saying hey by the way it's gonna snow <laughs> oh yeah but they've got that look of glee in their eyes like, yay that... we're relevant this month exactly you know oh, i'm important and around here it only happens in the winter and the odd hurricane yeah and I'm not looking forward to one of those either. So, no. So it's we we intended to do this a little earlier. There was a lot of pounding on our roof today as giant chunks of ice, and I by giant I mean like basketball size chunks of ice rained down from the heavens. <laughs> well, I mean our roof is what about twenty five thirty feet in the air. Yeah, and we had icicles that were hanging off the gutters that went a good to... six feet, eight feet. More than that, they went to the top of the door. Yeah. So we're talking about 10, 18, 18. feet. They're just. I, I have no sense of these things. Yeah. They oh. were big. <laughs> so, yeah, just horrible crashing sounds and people just pounding and pounding. And again, just in time for it to fill back up and create more goddamn yeah. death icicles. And then we lost internet for a while. So. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. It's <laughs> like, ugh, are we even going to be able to do a show? <laughs> it's just been pure hell up here. But the important thing is, we're surviving through this. <laughs> That's right. And bringing the type of quality internet entertainment <laughs> that you, the listener, have become accustomed to. Rob's had three beers already. <laughs> it's, it's been a difficult day. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just I, I can't take anymore. And, you know, with, and with the whole football parade downtown, I don't know how the hell anybody even bothered to get downtown. We're right on the outskirts of Boston, yeah. and it's bad. I, I don't know. I they they might have more places where they can put their snow, but I don't think they do either. So yeah, it's just and if you if you don't live in this area, this is just horrible and esoteric and 
bitching about the weather is about the lowest form of fucking human communication. Or but, you're in Buffalo right now calling us pussies. And yeah, that's okay. And that's fine. We deserve it. Yeah, I, we got it coming. So <laughs> I, I, the spring, I, I cannot wait for the goddamn spring at this point. Yeah, I'm, I keep telling myself we can just get through this month. But then we live in an area of the country where they've had blizzards well into April. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've reached the point I'm looking for day job openings in like San Diego. <laughs> and I'll take the wildfires. At least wildfires are fucking warm. I, yeah. <laughs> Screw the earthquake. I can live with that. <laughs> oh, the earth's moving. Can I at least walk across it to get to the convenience store so I can buy beer? All right, fine. I can live with that too. It would be interesting to live in a, a part of the country where at any given time I am the least nervous person on the road. Oh, yeah. You just... <laughs> Yeah, Amanda will not drive at all in this shit. No. It's just, yeah. yeah, her car's been in the garage basically except for like one day last week. Yeah, like Wednesday, I think I took it out. Yeah, and see, I've, I'm the one with the Roadster and the rear wheel drive. I've got an excuse. My car is a death sled. It's fine 10 months out of the year and then two months, uh, yeah, I walk everywhere. I'm, I'm just, I don't like to drive in general and when the roads are even somewhat crappy, I'm less inclined to drive yeah see these are reasons that we we placed our home office literally two blocks away from the local comic book store so that we don't ever have to drive to it yes and not by design but it's worked out we were about a half a mile walk from a taxi stand <laughs> very helpful this time of year yes but so yeah i just need distractions from this well it could be worse <laughs> Go on. You, you could um, have been attacked by a robot vacuum cleaner. Is this a link that you sent me? It is. All right, hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Give me give me the background. While All I'm... right. So, um, somewhere in South Korea, a fifty-two-year-old woman uh, fell asleep on the floor, as we are all want to do from time to time. That's what I want to do in about three hours. To tell you the truth, I I do it to my Sims. I make them stay up until they can't take it anymore, and then they just fall down where they're standing. Oh, and then okay. they sleep. So you're an angry sim god, whereas I just have a significant drinking problem, I understand. Sometimes you just fall down and sleep where you're standing. Um, of course. So this woman was innocently sleeping on the floor for whatever reason she chose, and uh, she has some kind of robot vacuum cleaner, a Roomba, or a Neato, or some other version thereof, and it's scheduled to go, um, and it apparently decided that she was something that needed to be sucked up. So <laughs> so the, the local firefighters had to be called because uh, it was trying to eat her head. <laughs> <laughs> what? All, right. All right, yeah. And this I'm, is how we get Skynet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at this thing that you sent me. It, yeah, it, it sneaked up on her and said about it's off with their heads revolution by sucking up her hair. The, she woke up before the vacuum could fully consume her head. Oh, Jesus. I think I saw this when it was called Anaconda. Yeah. She somehow managed to call the fire department while a robot feasted on her scalp. This is on the, the MarySue.com? Yeah. <laughs> is there a link from where they got it from? Um, Yeah, uh, Geek.com. Okay. But you know how these things go. They go and change. You go to Geek.com. It'll have come from somewhere else. For all I know, it came from our website. <laughs> a lot of time I can't, can't account for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the floor, waiting for the content. <laughs> I mean, that's a funny thing. We We have one of these things, but... Ours is noisy. I can't imagine sleeping through it as it approached my face on the floor. You sleep through a lot, though. You, you. <laughs> I mean, true. Certainly not because of the alcoholism. I, I will continue <laughs> to deny that. But I like to imagine a shrieking vacuum trundling across a hardwood floor, 
that might get my attention. And ours makes this sort of piteous beeping noise when it gets entangled in something. Like, please help me. Untangle me. <laughs> that would be the worst nightmare I could think of. Yeah, waking up after it got my hair. Because I, I have a ponytail. I have plenty of hair for it to grab. And yeah, having this eight-pound monstrosity bashing off the side of my head, <laughs> shrieking that it's lonely and it can't find its home. <laughs> I'm going to try this tomorrow. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'll... Since it's very, thanks to the weather, it's unlikely we're going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, Irish. Actually, up. I might be going to the the local liquor store because uh, my 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 new friend, the assistant manager, has gotten my Uber Scotch. And now, uh, now, what Uber Scotch are we talking about? It is Galileo, which I believe is an Ardbeg. You said words. I, I said drink, words. I drink Jack Daniels. I, I drink things that taste like punching a policeman. And it was, uh, they, the distillery released it to commemorate their, their participating in some sort of, um, how, how does, um, putting scotch into zero G's affect it experiment? This is space scotch? No, it's just commemorative of the scotch they're oh, well, currently working on. In fuck space. that. <laughs> if it was honest to God, space scotch, it'd be like, Jesus Christ, I'll pay any amount of money for orbital booze. Yeah. Well, I'm Looking forward to trying it anyway. <laughs> the guy hasn't steered me wrong yet, and uh, I'm I'm going to be finishing up my Bowmore this evening. <laughs> what, what were the results of the space scotch? Did he tell you? I don't Does know. Does it make it better? Is it like that that shit they put on boats? It has to go on a boat ride before they can sell it. Well, I I, I would imagine. Or that... am I talking about cocaine? I forget. What... <laughs> I I think it has to be better at least than the coffee beans that they collect that have gone through like the small rodents out in like whatever. Oh, monkey shit coffee. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want the monkey shit coffee. I like coffee as much as the next man, but eating out of a monkey's butthole really describes a a taste that I am unlikely to acquire. This conversation has gone so sideways. It has. <laughs> yeah, the, this show's being canceled pretty much effectively now. It's the problem. It's the goddamn cabin fever. We've been looking at these four walls for most of a fucking week. We haven't really made it a hell of a lot further than the end of the block yeah. and the day jobs. I'm beginning to go psychotic. Well. Every time Parker the cat meows, I think it's because we're in a xenomorph attack. I'm really beginning <laughs> to lose my shit here. I can't take much more of this. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you in touch with the weather, Jeebus? No, I am not. <laughs> Could you be? Please, can you make it stop? Uh, no. I. If I if Don't you think I would if I could? <laughs> this show's gone <laughs> sideways. We we do have I, comics related stuff we wanted to talk about. <laughs> I just I can't. Uh, every time I hear snow, I want to lie down and let the fucking room but eat my head. I, <laughs> I'm willing to go in that fashion at this point. I just I want to lie under the gutters while workmen bash icicles into my face. <laughs> You're not going to get eaten by the Roomba. I'm not going to spend like three hours of my day off because of snow untangling your head from the machine. <laughs> All right. So we appear to have arrived at detente. <laughs> Only space scotch can break <laughs> can break our stalemate. Yes. Touche. We better talk about comic books because otherwise I might just start whimpering and going fetal. Yeah. So. All right. So the the big news this week. We've been talking for a while about the DC Convergence event and... The thing that I was fairly certain is a reboot? Um, yes. Uh, Rob, is it a reboot? Sort of. <laughs> Not really.
really? Um, I think it's a reboot. It's well, no, it's it's not really. It's it's a complete sort of change in a lot of things. It's a okay. First, there is convergence. That's April and May. Then that's we've talked about it repeatedly. It's they're going through all the phases of the DC universe throughout their publishing history. And sticking them all in a bunch of domes with Brainiac and various people watching over them so they can all punch on each other for a while. Then when that's done, yeah, in June, it's not really a reboot, but DC is really kind of blowing shit up. Really thought you were going to end that sentence with chunks. Really blowing <laughs> chunks. No, that's that's more like <laughs> six months after the New 52 started, where we all started to turn a little green, but... Um, all right, so let's start out with the nuts and bolts of the announcement. Uh, first thing is they're finally putting the new 52 handle to bed. That's going to be gone. It's gone forever. And considering the new 52 reboot, it was like three and a half, four years old at this point. It's yep. probably about time. New is kind of a loaded word. Uh, realistically, once you've had something for four years, it's, it's not really new. Unless it's like a kidney. <laughs> You got a kidney transplant. It's new, the, relatively. Yeah, the the new kidneys working pretty well. Thanks. The, the new heart valve, well, still walking around. But yeah, Superman, uh, not really new anymore. So, is this one of those enemas? Did Dio make such a big deal about? Um, yes, <laughs> in the in the sense that something's going in and something may come out. <laughs> okay. So the convergence colonic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. That's a decent title. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so they're, they're doing away with a new 52 uh, bullet or banner or whatever. Um, second, they're canceling a pile of books from the new 52 rollout. Okay. Um, from various phases of it. And there were like nine phases of the thing. The, the last one, phase nine, was like a, just a couple months ago. Arkham Manor, Deathstroke, Clarion, Lobo. Um, they're killing Lobo? No, and we'll we'll get to that. Oh. Um, um, all right, so yeah, we'll go through the the canceled books first. Uh, Aquaman and the others. Okay. Arkham Manor. That's kind of a bummer. I liked Arkham Manor. Yeah, but that had a limited shelf life anyway. I mean, they were not going to leave Arkham Asylum in Wayne Manor True. forever. They they just weren't going to do it. Okay. No, it, it, despite the fact that the last couple of Batman move, well, at least the Dark Knight, which I just rewatched. Arkham Manor was uh, Arkham Manor. Wayne Manor was still down. Mm. It's a piece of Batman history. You're not just gonna chuck and hand over <laughs> to the Joker. It's just not gonna happen. Um, Batman and Robin, which I thought was a bummer, because uh, the first issue of Batman and Robin, when the New Fifty Two happened, I read it and I reviewed it and I hated it so fucking much. They had bat poles and silly Batmobiles, and I really thought they were going Batman 66, but that was my misinterpretation because that got rapidly better. Yeah. And it's been consistently solid, even over the last few months as the whole plot line has been to try to find and resurrect Damien, who I hate. It's, it's gotten vastly better now that Damien is dead. <laughs> well, he, he's not dead I, no, anymore. I bet I'm just, but, you know, it got better after he went away. <laughs> but, but, even while he was still alive, it was consistently good. Peter Tomasi wrote a good book there. So that one I'm I'm sorry to see go. Uh Batwoman, we kind of knew that that's was coming anyway. Along, yeah. Uh Constantine, even that's 
kind of a bummer, although that's not going away forever. We'll get to the yeah, second part of that. Yeah, that's getting rebranded. But Ray Fox had really, from the beginning, that's another one that got consistently better. And we right. talked about the latest issue just a couple of weeks ago that it was the most consistent Hellblazer-ish characterization of Constantine yes. that we'd seen since, not even since Hellblazer <laughs> was canceled, since sometime while uh, Peter Milligan was writing this. So that one had kind of grown on me a little bit. Yes. But Again, not going away. For it. We'll we'll get back to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Earth two, uh, Green Lantern Corps canceled. Justice League Dark is canceled. Eh. That that I always had mixed feelings about. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of going in a weird direction and just I don't know losing its focus. Yeah, well, even that one may not really be gone forever. We'll, we'll get to that. Let's get, <laughs> uh, Clarion is going. Oh, uh, I am so sad. I don't think anybody <laughs> read it ever. <laughs> Infinity Man and the Forever People. Who? Uh, <laughs> Dan DiDio and uh, Keith Giffen's latest uh, book that okay. I, I tried because I loved OMAC right. right out of the new 52, and that's just Infinity Man. Just it didn't get me at all. Okay. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Boo, I'm so <laughs> sad. Oh, no. What's going to happen to Vacuous Corey now? Uh, we will get to that as well. <laughs> um, Red Lanterns. Uh, even that's kind of a yeah. When when Pete Milligan had that to start with, it didn't grab me at all. I kind of stuck with it, sort of. Oh, is this gonna turn in? And yeah, when Charles Sewell had it, it became a lot better. Mm. Now he's at Marvel, so it's probably as good a time to pull the plug as any. Uh, Secret Origins, Star Spangled War stories, Supergirl, Swamp Thing, Trinity of Sin, and World's Finest. Okay, are all canceled. Uh, the ones that are sticking around, uh, Action Comics is still going to come out. They're never going to not publish Action yeah. Comics. <laughs> uh, Aquaman, Batgirl, Batman, Detective Comics, Batman, Superman, uh, Catwoman, uh, Deathstroke, Flash, Gotham Academy. Deathstroke, really? Deathstroke's managing to like not die? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how, but apparently some people are reading Tony Daniels' version and don't have the same Not visceral pants shitting stabbing <laughs> themselves in the thigh repeatedly in rage yeah when they see jericho that i have <laughs> so so yeah uh, apparently that's still going uh gotham by midnight uh grayson there was no way they were going to cancel yeah that and i like just, gotham by midnight also i'm glad that's sticking around they're both good but yeah grayson is really grayson fucking is good. the fucking bomb diggity yeah uh green arrow green lantern harley quinn justice league justice league united uh lobo Secret Six. Who uh, do I have to pay to ick friggin' Metro Lobo? <laughs> to be fair, we don't know if it'll be Metro Lobo as this whole thing goes forward. True. But there will be a... So angry. There will continue to be a title <laughs> that has not been renumbered. That's the other thing. None of these ones that are sticking around are being renumbered at all. So okay. they are not relaunched. Um, but there will be a Lobo whatever in its current numbering <laughs> by Cullen Bunn uh, with art by Dale Eaglesham. Okay. Hopefully it'll be the main man again, but uh, Secret Six, uh, which I, I already said, that's that's a bummer considering how long we waited for it to come back. Yeah. But uh, Sinestro, uh, oh no, Secret Six, uh, these are the ones that are staying. God. Yes. It's a fucking cabin fever, man. I can't keep track of what's <laughs> going on. And plus, it's just I'm looking at these giant lists of books and trying to keep track like, of what Where the... am I? Yeah. So Secret Six is staying. That's good. Uh, at least Sinestro... you're still wearing pants. Yeah, well, show's early yet. Um, 
New Suicide Squad, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Teen Titans, and Wonder Woman. Okay. So with all the cancellations, it kind of reminds me of like the DC implosion, Mm. which if you're not familiar, although we've talked about it on the show before, back in 1978, DC had really cranked up the number of books that they were publishing and they called it the DC explosion. (laughs) Um, They did it just in time for a massive recession with gas lines and massive unemployment. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, in June, 1978, they canceled like 20 different titles at the time. Okay. So the difference with what's happening here is it's not just the cancellations of all the books. Um, It's that they're creating like 25 new titles that are all going to come out in June. Okay. So it's like an implosion followed by an explosion. So in my head, I've been calling it the DC Nagasaki. It's just (laughs) an implosion device followed by an explosion. That's not to say it won't turn out well. How Nagasaki turned out really depends on what side of the world you lived on, I suppose. I don't even know where to begin with that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Look, I've spent a lot of time just looking at the walls thinking, and it's really not doing me any good. No. So, (laughs) So the explosion part of all this, um, these are the new books that are coming out. Uh, we've got Robin, son of Batman. Oh, yay. Um, it's going to be written and drawn by Pat Gleason, uh, who's been doing the art on Batman and Robin. Uh, Black Canary, uh, written by Brendan Fletcher with art by Annie Wu. Now, Fletcher's the guy who basically rebooted Batgirl. So I'd imagine we have potentially a similar take on Black Canary. Probably more accurately, a take on Black Canary closer to what we're seeing in uh, uh, Arrow. Oh, okay. So I will have no interest in reading it. Okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we watch Arrow. Yeah, but you like Arrow. Laurel Lance, I will have absolutely zero interest in reading it. Laurel Lance has become a hell of a lot more interesting now that she's fucking doing something. You know, besides going on benders. Actress, so irritating. <laughs> Must warn others. <laughs> it's not going to be the actress in the fucking comic book. Yeah, at least they're trying to do something with the character. That was the biggest problem for a couple of years. Oh, Wasn't one. she the one who, yeah, was just on a bender in season two? Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I respect that. It's far more interesting to live than to watch on TV. Uh, so she could be on a bender and then take pathetic selfies of herself in the bathroom somewhere in Park Slope. That's I great. never did that. <laughs> what the fuck are you implying? <laughs> <laughs> She never did that on the show. You're trying to bring Batgirl into this. Yes, I am. I don't trust this writer. <laughs> okay. You know, from all I haven't looked at the numbers. From all I've heard, he's done all right by Batgirl. It's not a book that I enjoy anymore, but it's been changed into a book that's not for a Yeah, lots of people watch The Vampire Diaries. It doesn't mean it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it sucks for us. <laughs> if If Black Canary becomes a book we don't want to read... How's that different from the black canary that exists right now that doesn't exist? It <laughs> doesn't make a difference. So, uh, got Martian Manhunter. Okay. Uh, written by Rob Williams, uh, art by mm. Ben, uh, Oliver and Christ, I'm going to butcher this. Paulo Sequeira. Okay. The thing with this is I've seen like five different Martian Manhunter books and mini series and attempts to have his own series go in one way or another in my adult life and they never fucking work. Yeah. Martian Manhunter works as part of the Justice League. Part yeah, of the team. he's he's flavoring. He's not. <laughs> yeah, 
he's not the main. He's not leading man material. Yeah. He didn't go to leading man school. The closest he's ever been to that is when he was in New Frontier, as as envisioned by Darwin Cook, um, where he they followed him as he tried to sort of integrate himself, alien, new in the world, and yeah. But then even then, it led into an ensemble cast. Uh, yeah, it's in his own book. It's never quite worked, at least for me. Yeah. What does work about this is I like Rob Williams as a writer. Um, I liked Class War. He brought a certain amount to what was he doing at Marvel just before he finally sort of seemed to drop off from there. He was doing a Dark Wolverine, okay. which oh, was yeah, yeah, not yeah. bad. And Ghost Rider with yep. the female Ghost Rider, which was not bad. Um, the latest stuff I've seen from him which I don't think you've been reading. He's been doing the Ichabod Azrael chapters in 2000 AD, oh, which okay. have been really solid and just wrapped up. Cool. So I'm I'm glad he at least has some kind of toehold. Give it a at, day in court then at least. So yeah, it's it's worth taking a look at, even though, yeah, solo Martian Manhunter book. <laughs> I am it, alone and I relate to no one. Angst. Am, <laughs> Ennui. Am I the Martian Manhunter? <laughs> it's the Martian Manhunter shit-faced and cabin-fevered. I don't know, but somehow in my brain it suddenly turned into like a, a sad French film. <laughs> I relate to no one. I am green, yet gray. <laughs> am I the Hulk? <laughs> Who took my pants? <laughs> oh no, fire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Uh, all right, we got Earth 2 Society. Uh, written by Daniel Wilson with art by uh, Jorge Jimenez. Okay. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. So it looks like we might finally be getting a Justice Society book, at least Sweet. by way of the new 52 version of Earth 2. Okay. So That, that works for me. Yeah. Uh, Midnighter, written by Stephen Orlando and artist ACO, ACO. I, I don't, I'm not familiar. Manhunter's another one. Manhunter. Midnighter? Yeah, sorry. Midnighter is is another character. Really only works with Apollo and Yeah. And, and the authority. So Although he's been interesting in Grayson. He has been interesting in Grayson. Perhaps this can work, but there was that Midnighter limited series eight or ten years ago, and that was by Garth Ennis, and still that has completely slipped off my brain. If Garth Ennis can't make a murderous vigilante interesting enough for me to remember it. I don't have a lot of hope for a solo title. Could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot, but that's just... Have to give it a day in court. At this point, we got titles and creators and gut-first impressions. And we're on the internet, so we're allowed to fucking cater to that. Yeah. And maybe that Black Canary book won't suck. Maybe I'm completely overreacting based on how much Batgirl sucks now. <laughs> it... Again, Batgirl doesn't necessarily suck. It has just become a book that is not for middle-aged people. Okay. It's just because you don't like it doesn't mean it sucks. And we're geeks. That's the first. That's. I want to say two words to you, and I want you to tell me what you think of them. Brussels sprouts. Well, those are just terrible. See, they're not. They're In your opinion, they're terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone. <laughs> But some people like them. Let them go buy them. <laughs> Look, we're we're geeks, and the default position has always been, this is awesome or this sucks. But that's not necessarily the case. And as I've gotten older, I try very hard to hold on to that idea. 
it's hard in the face of Team Edward, Team Jacob, <laughs> and Fifty Shades of Fuck Me. And, but I try really fucking hard. I'm trying to be the shepherd. Just give up. <laughs> I'm a nasty piece of work. Ask anybody. I'm trying, all right? I'm trying. Yes, dear. <laughs> Don't go to hell. <laughs> well, then this ought to set you off. Awesome. Batmite. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I read that um, multiversity book that came out last week, I think yeah, it was they, last week. Yeah, Grant Morrison's uh, Guide to the Multiverse. With uh, the Lil Gotham characters. Yeah. I, I kept, and I understand it's it's a, it's its own series and it's, you know, it's popular for what it is. Every time I saw Lil Batman, I kept thinking, oh, it's Batmite. <laughs> it's like it's like the greater adventures of Batmite. <laughs> yeah, well, Batmite is historically a fifth dimension. Yes, imp like comes from the same place as Mixolplex. <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're children of the seventies because thanks to Super Friends, I can only pronounce it as Mixolplex. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it's really closer to something. Clive, else. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Big Hunk and Steve. <laughs> I'm Big Hawkins. How do you say Big Hawkins, Steve? Backwards, Clive. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's could very well in this new because I'm trying to remember. I don't have the book in front of me. Um, I went back and looked at it today as I was going through th these things and trying to figure out where certain things might fit. And I mm -hmm. thought it might be in the Little Gotham Earth, ah. but I'm trying to remember if outside the we've got the uh. Ori, I think it's called, of the 52 Earths, but outside that is like Apocalypse yep. and the Endless, and I'm trying to remember if the fifth dimension is out there in between the Source Wall and the 52 universes. I'm, I'll have to it's dig a good the question. book out. <laughs> it hasn't made its way into storage yet. So No, it's, it's sitting on my bureau. All right. I'll dig that out later for my own edification, but it could be in the Lil Gotham universe. <laughs> uh... Batman Beyond, yep. uh, written by Dan Jurgens with artist uh, Bernard Chang. We got Cyborg, written by David Walker. So uh, Cyborg doesn't have his own title right now, so that's that's new. That's new. that should be new, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Dark Universe, written by James Tenney and the Fourth, with art by Ming Doyle. Now, all I have is the title, but I do know that the sort of Justice League dark movie that mm. Guillermo del Toro has turned in right now has the working title of Dark Universe. Okay. So this really may be what Justice League dark... Evolves into. Right. Okay. Or it could be about a dark universe. <laughs> we just don't know yet. <laughs> but if I had to hazard a guess, we're, that's where Justice League dark, or at least some of those characters, are going to land. I kind of wish Guer Guillermo del Toro was writing it because I really like the strain. <laughs> Considering the strain is is not bad, but considering how at the mountains of madness rose and fell, no, if he's focused, let him focus on yeah. Dark Universe or Justice League Dark or whatever the fuck it winds up being, and try to get that out. Okay. So that I, I believe Tinian, I think, will be fine with this. <laughs> um, another one, I have no idea what it is. Doomed by uh, Scott Lobdell with artist uh, Javier Fernandez. Gee, I wonder if that's about the Doom Patrol. Uh, very possible. Uh, all I know is I liked seeing doomed Scott Lubdell in print. So <laughs> felt pretty good about this one. Uh, Harley Quinn Power Girl, yep. uh, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. I'm actually uh, looking Justin forward to Gray. that. Yeah. I would be more excited if it was Amanda Connor drawing it, because I love the uh, Amanda Connor Power Girl. Yeah, but she'll be designing, most likely. 
the the look for characters in that, which I would imagine the artist will take cues from. I'm She'll sure. do the covers. I'm sure, but I love dragging out that trade. It's that's yeah. just a fun, <laughs> fun trade from the pre New Fifty Two. So this is, <laughs> I'll give this one a day in court, and, and I'll explain why in a second. Red Hood Arsenal by Scott Lobdell, uh, art by Dennis Medry. The the biggest complaint, if you take a step back, that I had, and I think everybody had with that first Red Hood and the Outlaws was how they made Starfire a fuckpot with goldfish memory. Yes. So that is, as part of this reboot, looks like it's going away and going away forever. I'm willing to try a similar book without that to see how it holds up. Well, they're doing something with um, Starfire because I I saw um, Amanda Connor pencils... Uh, online yeah there's there's a starfire book it's yeah. it's written by palmiotti and connor uh artist is going to be emanuela uh, lupacino okay i apologize for butchering every one of these names <laughs> but um and yeah that that's what you saw she's back in a less slutty costume so and yeah with palmiotti and connor they've been doing really good stuff with harley quinn yeah so uh, it's probably safe to say they can write a good woman character who is not out there screaming dick <laughs> or if they do at least they'll try to make it funny yeah so <laughs> but i would imagine part of this it's not even i would imagine part of all of this initiative is to bring in more female readers we'll we'll get to that piece of what this is after we get done with the nuts and bolts of of this part okay so it, it's safe to say that brainless <laughs> starfire is will be gone as of uh june okay so, yeah, without that element in the book, I'm willing to give at least one issue of Red Hood Arsenal a shot. Sure. It was a, it was a completely tone-deaf thing that Lobdell did with Starfire. All right, let's take that out, and, and I'll give you another day in court. Okay. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'll try all of... I'll even re, If I'll read Black Canary, I'll read fucking Red Hood. I'll try anything once. Yeah, all right. Do we, we need reading material for the bathroom. That's fine. <laughs> Should I even bother? <laughs> no, keep, please keep going. <laughs> All right. So we've got We Are Robin, uh, written by Lee uh, Bermejo, uh, artist Rob Haynes, and Carrie Randolph. I'd Multiple imagine Robins. I would guess. And if this one doesn't have Stephanie Brown in it, then that just means Dan DiDio is a fucking masochist. <laughs> and you should plan your panel attendance at any convention accordingly. Because after three and a half years of where Stephanie. Christ, she's got to land somewhere. Sure, she does. <laughs> the wastebasket, that's fine. It, Again, it's just, a place. Just because you don't like the character, clearly <laughs> a lot of people do. I don't give a fuck, but whatever. All right. Cassandra Kane, she should be in there somewhere, but she's not. She should be someplace. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Justice League of America, written and drawn by Brian Hitch. Okay. Uh, Bizarro, written by Heath Corson, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, artist Gustavo Duarte. I put Stephanie Brown on that. That'll make sense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your Stephanie Brown hate is noted. <laughs> Duly fucking noted. Thank you. Now I'm going to go make some Brussels sprouts. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> Prez. This is one that I just don't get. 
uh, written by Mark Russell, uh, artist Ben Caldwell. This is one of those books that Around the Neighborhood was sort of legendary back in the 70s, not because of the quality of the book. It's just because none of my six, seven, eight, nine-year-old friends could imagine why somebody would spend a quarter on this when there are superhero books around. What's it about? It's about a teenage president. Oh. Prez you saw in Sandman. There was one issue of Sandman yeah. in the 50s that talked about. Yeah, now this is, it's it's perpetually, like eternally teenaged president. Well, um, that's sort of how he's been interpreted, at least in Sandman. But that's, uh, in the, the Guide to Multiversity, he's on one of the Earths that's going to be showing up in Convergence. Uh, yeah, uh, Earth 47. Yes. Which my notes from last week call the DC Implosion Universe. Ah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't know that he'll be eternal, but yeah, the the theory was, and this is the early mid seventies, that you know, with the voting age at eighteen, Congress would fuck around with a constitutional amendment to allow an eighteen year old president. See, that's stupid. That's how you get Miley Cyrus for president. <laughs> if you want Miley Cyrus, that's how you get Miley Cyrus as president. <laughs> Fuck that. We'd get Bart Simpson first. But no, we'd get Justin Bieber, and that's when I expatriate. Justin Bieber is not a naturalized American citizen. I know. Born. He is ineligible to become Dogs president of the United cats States. living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> he says he's an a-hole, but he's not, and I'm quoting him here, 100% a dick. See, now that, that's a shame about this, because this is what I meant to fire off. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. If we're going to talk about <laughs> Justin Bieber, I pressed the wrong fucking button. But so and yeah, so we've got an 18 year old president and he had a Native American buddy who became like head of the FBI and his mom became vice president or something. It's just one of those weird fucking books from the 70s that I never knew a single don't. This is radio. Your weird look at me like I'm a. Dog, like you're a dog and I just showed you a card trick is not going to come across. Stop doing card tricks. I can't do <laughs> card tricks because I can't stop my fucking hands from shaking, okay? <laughs> I didn't make the book up. I forget who created it because I never read it. But it's just one of those weird things. And the character's only shown up a few times since a book was canceled. There was a something that Ed Brubaker did uh, for like a Vertigo Quarterly uh, like a one issue or a short story, you know, Prez smells like teen president, which was a Gen X kid at the time who suspected he was Prez's son. There was the, the thing in Sandman 50 something. Mm. And, and I think that's it. So this just seems like a weird ass book to bring back, but yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I, I, I don't even, yeah. I don't even, <laughs> You complain about a teenage president. Clearly, you've been turned into a teenage girl. I can't even. I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I have no idea what this is going to be or, or how you make it work. Then again, OMAC seemed like a weird fucking thing to bring back with a new 52, and that was one of the better ones. Yeah. So, like with the new 52, uh, I'm sure I'll be telling the owner of the local comic store, yep, give me one of each, and I'll tell you which ones we want to hang on to. We'll see if this is one or not. We also got uh, Omega Men, uh, written by Tom King, artist by uh, Barnaby Bagenda. Mystic You, I don't know what that is, written by Elisa uh, Quitney, uh, an artist Morissette. 
Okay. Dr. Fate, written by Paul Levitz. All right. Psyched for that. Yeah. Well, I like Dr. Fate in Justice League International when he started out. He's never Mm. been a character that's really hooked me. And recent characterizations of him just being... A dick? Well, yeah, just a complete thrall to Naboo, who's a dick. <laughs> you know, it's... We'll see what they do with it. So it's Paul Levitz, and I cut you off. I'm sorry, who's the artist? Uh, that is Sonny Liu. Okay. Again, I'm butchering every one of these fucking names. But... See, I, I like it just because I like the mystical element. He's sort of the Doctor Strange of the DC universe. Um, So I'd be curious to see where that book would go. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. It's, the character can be interesting. So I'm interested to take a look at it, but the recent characterization of Dr. Fate just being a slave to this Lord of Order has not been doing a hell of a lot for me. So we'll see if they take this opportunity to make some changes to it. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Green Lantern Lost Army by Cullen Bunn with art by uh, Jesus Sayas and Javi Pina. Pina. Uh, Justice League 3001. So apparently Justice League 3000 is just ticking over a number. <laughs> uh, still uh, by Giffen, Demetrius, and Howard Porter on art. Okay. And this I'm psyched is at least having some kind of presence because mm-hmm. it started really slow. Because when this book, when Justice League 3000 was first announced, it was supposed to be the entire old gang back together of Giffen DeMatteis and Kevin Maguire on art. Mm. And then they replaced him with Porter. And it seemed like, all right, it's starting slow. These are clone versions, but I don't know what's going on. But now that everything's sort of established and all these future clone versions of the original Justice League really have solid characterizations. And we've got pre-New 52 Booster Gold yep. and Blue Beetle and uh, Ice. And it's it's really become one of my favorites recently, so I'm glad this is continuing, at least somehow. Cool. Uh, and the big one, probably for both of us, Constantine the Hellblazer, uh, written by Ming Doyle. Uh, Ming I, Doyle's actually writing it? I think so. I may have taken this down wrong. Ming Doyle's involved, uh, and Riley Rosmo is. So I think Ming Doyle's writing it, but I may have taken that down wrong. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, again, Ray Fox has done better and better as the Constantine that's being canceled has gone along. Mm. So it's kind of a bummer to see him walk away from it now. It's like, okay, I think you've really got your hooks into it. But at the same time, I like Ming Doyle, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, the, the big rumor is that uh, NBC is looking for a new home for the... Well, they, they ran a marathon of Constantine on Sci-Fi not too long ago, and apparently the marathon did really good numbers for Sci-Fi. Now, granted, Sci-Fi is also home to Sharknado. Um, Don't you diss Sharknado. <laughs> yes, it's awful, but I often drink whiskey. Sci-fi has demonstrated that it can breathe new life into Tara Reid's career. So if anything is going to resurrect Constantine. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's a terrible point, but it's a point. Um, so th- the rumor on the street is that after this 13-episode run c- comes to an end, they're going to relaunch in the fall on Sci-Fi, and they're going to rebrand it and refer to it as Hellblazer which is the name of the comic book previously published by Vertigo, um, which is why 
people are thinking it's going in the darker direction. And if they fully embrace the name, they can take it that much darker. So, yeah, clearly they're going the whole corporate synergy, cover all the bases here by giving it both titles at this point. Yeah. And, you know, it, it could go one of one of two ways if it happens. I mean, it it could be shelved almost immediately if it doesn't make numbers. It could um, run on forever, much like they did with all of their Stargate franchises. Yeah. Um, or they can give it, uh, a five, um, five seasons and, and then shelve it like they did with Eureka, which would make me very sad if, if it started to get good again. Yeah. It's a, the show has really improved in the 12 episodes we've had so far. Yeah. I think the, the season finale is coming up next week. Yes. Cause it did not get a back nine. Nope. And it's not officially canceled by NBC. Oh, no. NBC could bring it back. Yeah. They, they just might just be looking for another lower cost alternative delivery <laughs> mechanism because NBC Universal owns a shitload of stuff they could dump it on. Yep. And I, I hope they don't dump it, but if there's a better home for it, that's fine. But yeah, it's really gotten consistently better. Although with that pilot, we've talked about it again and again on this <laughs> show. It it almost had to get better. Yeah. Or not even get this far. But Well it's it's got potential um going forward since they, they got rid of the last of everything that was associated with the pilot in this last episode. Just about, except for Chaz. And this yeah. version of Chaz has kind of grown on me. Yeah. Yeah, he, they're fleshing him out. Yeah, so... So, hopefully... <laughs> hopefully it finds a place, and either way, clearly DC Editorial is just committed to whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah, that, they could call it... Uh, what'd you... Clive. Clive. <laughs> call it Clive. <laughs> Big Honk and Steve, and this will be canceled with a new creative team called Big Honk and Steve <laughs> in a week. So... So yeah, that's all the new stuff that's coming out as of June. I don't think there are any specific release dates. I'm not okay. sure if they're going to try to full new 50 to it with uh, this many over a month every Wednesday or hmm. they can't possibly be going apeshit insane and going, yep, first Wednesday in June, all of them. I would imagine they're going to try to get more of them out than less before San Diego. Oh, they'll get them all out before San Diego. Yeah. yeah as long as they can start them at the beginning of June. Yeah, you know, it's only like 20 something titles. So. Yeah. They'll be able to do that. But, so yeah, that's the nuts and bolts of what's going, what's staying, and what's coming. Much like an orgy. <laughs> Thank you, folks. I'll be here all week. <laughs> I live here. But Oh, dear. Um, all right, so some of the more, more esoteric stuff behind this. That's uh, why I say it's not a reboot. It looks like at least on the main... Earth Zero titles, as Earth Zero was explained in the Guide to the Multiversity last week. Yeah. Earth Zero is... Earth. Yeah, it's DC's 616. Yes. <laughs> At least 616 as it exists It's today. where we keep our stuff. Yes. <laughs> the new 52 continuity is going to continue. Yeah. So this is not a reboot for those books. Um. Again, that's not confirmed, but it looks like that that continuity that they started in September 2011 is going to stick around. So Superman will continue to be dating Wonder Woman. We'll have nothing to do with Lois Lane. At least for right now, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the continuation of the Superman Wonder Woman book, pretty good indicator that's going to continue. Now, how long that <laughs> how long that continues? That's that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But. With that said, it does look like DC is trying to back away from having a full line-wide continuity 
the way they have really since fucking crisis to yeah. tell you the truth yeah. um yeah i mean it right in this press release uh didio said uh in this new era of storytelling story will trump continuity as we continue to empower creators to tell the best stories in the industry so it seems like dc is going to use this newly minted hammered down this is the way it is multiverse mm-hmm. to stage whatever fucking kind of stories that they want goodness does this mean that we'll stop hearing so many stories about so-and-so walked because of editorial interference? Well, <laughs> just because they're uh, spreading stories across different universes <laughs> does not mean that editors, certain editors, some editors will stop being cocks. <laughs> people are still people. I don't know. Just say that seemed to be like the running theme for a large chunk of this new 52 Um people walking because of editorial interference well and yeah particularly in yeah that first year and a half and you know, look let's face it bob harris is from marvel <laughs> sure why not <laughs> so who's from venus then uh joe Quesada, he'll punch you for that <laughs> but but no he's from marvel so big line-wide continuity and huge crossovers are sort of in his blood so it makes a certain amount of sense that if that's the environment that was created based on who was editor in chief, and that's just speculation, hmm. Bob Harris doesn't return my calls. I wouldn't call Bob Harris, <laughs> but it's just sort of a guess. So, yeah, it's possible with yeah. All right, we've got all these multiverses, and if we come up with a good, uh, good book, we'll just find an Earth to plunk it into because there's still seven that are not in any way assigned. Yeah, uh, they'll just do that. So yeah, I mean, like we said, it looks like Bat might. It's possible that's the little Gotham Earth 42. Now, already said Prez will be Earth, uh, Earth 47. Batman Beyond will be Earth 12. And the good thing about having all that stuff in its own separate Earth is no Batman Beyond story needs to be tied to any current continuity. Earth Zero continuity, right. So we can just do whatever decent stories you want. Okay. Now, another clearly stated goal behind this move is yeah dc wants to become more inclusive particularly to female readers and when i say clearly stated i mean they fucking said it aww (laughs) and yet the first female centric book that i said black canary are like fuck you fuck you and the horse you're in under deal i mean it's it's at this point i tend to be more interested in what individual writers are doing as opposed to specific characters or titles at this point so yeah i'm not psyched with what fletcher is doing on batgirl regardless and we've talked about it (laughs) you just want to suck the joy out of everything (laughs) you know so i i have no no high expectations that i'm going to see anything other than you know like i'm i'm black canary and i want to go to this bar and (laughs) well the that's a different I'm gonna use my canary cry at this karaoke bar. Why is everybody leaving? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like Ollie. I don't think I want to be in the same room with you right now. <laughs> You've made me hate Black Canary. I haven't read a goddamn word of it, and nobody's gonna do what you just said, but just the idea they could. <laughs> but that's not because it's a female centric book. That's because it's a teenage centric book, and I don't Which like Which is what fucking... happened to Batgirl. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't like teenagers. If you tried to talk to a teenager or a 20 something, it's like talking to a spastic. It's, they're not even people. <laughs> I look back, I wasn't a person. That I was a penis with a fucking driver's license. That's all I had. 
so. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll try it since we're getting all of the number ones. But yeah, my, my hopes are not particularly high. And again, if they, they want to bring in more women, just write good stories. Well, and that's an easy thing to say, and that works up to a certain point. We, we've talked before on this. Everybody kind of wants to see themselves in their escapist fiction. Yes. It's human nature. Now, yes, would I rather, I would rather read an awesome story about a female teenage superhero than a piece of shit with fuckpot Starfire on it. <laughs> but at the same time, would I run to get that awesome teenage girl character when Spider-Man and Batman and John Constantine are over here? But probably not, because I identify with those guys. I shouldn't. I'm no more Batman than I am a Chinese jet pilot, but of you know, um, I am I am an older female reader at this point, I suppose. You know, if you want to get my interest, find some way to bring back Renee Montoya and write a good story about her. <laughs> yeah, but it, the variety of demographics that need to be served by any form of entertainment are always going to be pick and choose. Yeah. You know, look, the the new 52 was designed to appeal to teenage boys. Yes. I feel pretty confident in saying that. You don't have you know, give me dick Starfire and <laughs> Catwoman fucking Batman in the first issue of her own fucking title. Yeah. You know, unless you're trying to sell books to people who've never actually had sex or access to the internet through <laughs> a router that doesn't have net nanny on it. It's that's who you're trying to appeal to. Yeah. Now with that said, a lot of the new 52 didn't work and didn't appeal to us. We are older readers. We're probably the prime demographic of continuing comic readers, but we're going to die off. Yeah. You need to bring new readers in. Not everything can be for us. No, I don't disagree. And so what I'm saying, I, I guess, if, if this is supposed to be targeted towards towards readers that fall within my identified gender. <laughs> it's not identified. It's actually who you are. I can see it. No, but I'm just I'm just saying, you know, for for the sake of being inclusive to yes. others. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's not just as easy as increasing um, the representation of female characters. It. It's also being sensitive to how you write the story and and making sure that the characters make sense. And yeah, I recognize going into this also, even if it's a book that's got a, a female at the front of it, it's still not necessarily going to appeal to me because there is a younger demographic that is going to be there after I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Yeah, and you're right in the sense that just having a female character isn't enough. Like, yeah. Not to keep banging on the Red Hood and the Outlaws drum, but yeah, that had a female lead character that nobody liked. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's not a magic bullet. And even then, that characterization, that could you could argue that that has some legitimacy. 
not from the history of the character, <laughs> but from a complete reboot standpoint, yeah, she's an alien. Why not have a completely different set of morals and mores? And You could argue it made total sense. As long as you take that characterization in a vacuum, the problem is it's not a characterization, though potentially consistent, that anybody particularly wants to read. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, of course it has to be good stories, but it does need to be tailored to the demographic you're going after. Yeah, so the question will be, you know, okay, they, they want to increase female readership. Are they going to focus more on the younger demographic? In which case, I'm still going to have a bunch of stories I won't care about. Well, yeah, and that's that's going to happen, and I'm going to argue that's not the worst thing for the industry. It's going to mean more books that we don't necessarily care about yeah. or that I care about and you don't or vice versa or that just don't appeal to us at all. But you have to do that. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just. Because yeah, the best example I can think of is rock and roll. Okay. You know, rock and roll in the 80s when we were teenagers was fucking hair metal, which is music for teenage fucking boys. <laughs> it's about being a rich rock star and getting laid. Yes. And as we got older into our 20s, it became grunge, which was nihilistic and cynical as, you know, we graduated college in a recession mm -hmm. and we're slowly coming to terms with, oh, shit, we could become our parents and that sucks. So yeah, it's not good. <laughs> rock kept up with us and particular people like me as we got older. But in the meantime, yeah, you've got teenagers who are like, where's the music for us about being rich and getting pussy? And hip-hop stepped into it, and now you can't get rock and roll on the radio anymore. So just appealing to your demographic as they get older, it, it's a non-starter. It, it'll be the end of comics. Yes. There have to be books. Yes, it could be selfie-taking Batgirl. We could see, you're right, Bat Canary doing karaoke for cute ollie in the verdant club oh, and it's not a goddamn thing that you or i would read but to somebody who five years ago was solidly team edward or team jacob it might work for them and if it brings more people into the comic store that means that yeah i keep getting my batman and i keep getting my goon and my john constant and the shit that i want to read because the industry's stronger i'm willing to accept that I never bought a lot of Black Canary comics ever. I never bought Prez. These are a lot of these are books that, at face value, it's like I'm gonna try them, but they're not for me. That's all right. They can't all be for me. That's got to be the new refrain. It's, <laughs> I repeatedly say on this show, it's okay that it's not for me. It shouldn't all be for me. Yeah, and and a, a large chunk of it isn't going to be for me either, and that's okay too. I'm I'm just saying it's. It's an interesting point to bring up that they're trying to draw readership. For for me, that's a mixed bag. <laughs> well, for anybody, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody, for anybody who is a fan of anything, it's a mixed bag. But there's always going to be something for you as long as the roots are strong. Yeah. And yeah, you need to constantly bring in new readership. So I think what DC is trying to do is smart because let's face it just anecdotally the need to do something like this has been smashing them in the face since fucking san diego bad girl pretty much yeah and 
you and I have made fun of San Diego Batgirl repeatedly over the life of our website. And part of the reason for that is we were fucking there. Yeah. You know, we were at those panels and it was wicked fucking annoying over and over again and just made everything uncomfortable. And But the reality is the story that came out of San Diego Comic-Con 2011 wasn't girl in Batgirl costume ruins Comic-Con. No. It was, these are the concerns. And people rose up and said, yeah, we want stories for us. Yeah. Well, great. So they, it seems like they're at least making an effort to do it. Does it mean of 50 books, now I only give a shit about 22 of DCs? Yeah, maybe. Can, can we cut to the chase, though? Do I get fat Amanda Waller back? Uh, uh, <laughs> Is she on one of like the seven unnamed Earths, maybe? I... She could be out there somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> considering New Suicide Squad is not canceled, and if it's true that New 52 continuity is continuing in the books that were not canceled, then uh, no. All right. You, so... will, uh, you, <laughs> you will have to uh, continue reading Copra as I dig out the yes. graphic novels and mail order them and find them in strange places. Yes, there there I have pseudo-fat Amanda Waller. Yeah. So, it's also a good book. <laughs> yeah, when the second volume of that comes out, we're we're late to that. I've heard about it for a while, and I finally got my hands on the first trade, and I love the fucking thing. Yeah, no, it was it was enjoyable. Um, the artwork is spectacular. Yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to get off on a tangent on this. We'll we'll talk more about it as I can get my hands on more of it, and we can read the entire thing. But, yes, but yeah, if you like old Suicide Squad or just post crisis DC books, uh, look for Copra C O P R A. Google it. Good shit. It's uh, M- Michael Fife yeah. is the uh, artist and writer. Yeah. but So, yeah, you want Fat Amanda Waller? She's kind of still going on in Cobra. But so. So, yeah, it's this is probably a smart move for DC to do. And, and I'm OK with the fact that that yeah, means there might be fewer books that I like. The plus about it is. If it works and they're willing to get away from continuity, they they can take chances on certain titles that aren't part of continuity. Yeah. That might just be individually on their own really fucking good. Yeah. Well, they they tried that with the New 52 to a certain degree. So there's going to be of those, what is it, 20 books that you listed there that Something are... Something like that, yeah. That they're going to give, you know, maybe six issues to and then kill and then there's something else waiting in the wings that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. It'll it'll be the same thing. So if you don't like what's there now, give it six weeks. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's like that no matter what. It was like that... I don't remember what the first cancellation out of the new 52 was, but it was not long. It was two or three months. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it, Clarion, that didn't last very long and... <laughs> So yeah, these things could come and go. But yeah, I'm trying to think now. What was the? I don't remember. Yeah. But <laughs> what that... what basic thing were you going to talk about? No, like I was trying to think. It was one of like Didio's books was one of the first things that was canceled. Probably Omac. <laughs> yeah, it was either Omac or that that other one that was like in Nanda Parabat, um, the the plane crash, whatever the hell that was. Oh Christ, I don't even remember at this point. They were filming some TV show and yeah, something. I don't remember. <laughs> Hawkman was early to go. OMAC was early to go. Hawk and Dove was early to go. <laughs> oh, Hawk and Dove. <laughs> oh. So. Hawk and Dove, who will be coming back as part of the uh, the announced roster of characters on Titans on TNT when that debuts. 
Yeah, see, I haven't seen a whole lot about that. I did see that they came out with some new characters. I haven't checked that out yet. It's Not gonna, new characters, but sort of the the lineup that they're going to have. It's going to be Dick Grayson. Um, it's going to be a, a Barbara Gordon in an Oracle-like position. Okay. Uh, there's going to be Starfire and Raven will be introduced near the end of the first episode. Okay. Uh, and Hawk and Dove. All right, and see, with, with Oracle... All these ideas float around, and at this point, comics have become so huge. If they're not in the books that you particularly like, they could land on TV or in the movies. Yeah. Or... yeah. That's a good thing to remind. See, with... with uh... Shit, I can think of Stephanie. No, Sandra Kane, Batgirl. <laughs> She'll land somewhere. Just be cool. <laughs> but, uh... So, yeah, I'm just... If if we can make the assumption that now they can do books that are really about anything, any time frame, not tied mm-hmm. to continuity, in a perfect world, is there anything you want to see come out of this? That I want to see come out of this. Any kind of DC book. Yeah, think entire history. Because what I was thinking was, I would like a universe and maybe a title or two that's just post-Crisis on Infinite Earths call one of these seven Earths or come up with something. You know, they've stuck with the number 52 because of the 52 mm. miniseries. That's an arbitrary number. It could keep going up. I'd like to see a parallel universe with a title, maybe a few titles with Justice League International mm. and Suicide Squad and the John Byrne version of Superman and, you know, the just post-year one Frank Miller Batman shit. Even Even have Jason Todd be Batman. If I got to deal with Jason Todd, no matter what, give me a universe <laughs> where I know he's going to fucking die at some point. That'll make me happy. I'd like to see that shit. And it, it seems like now we've got the freedom to maybe do that. I I think I would like to see um, a universe where there is still a a Tim Hunter. I would like I would like to see um, something that is more expanded off of the the Constantine line of characters. Okay, well, technically... Which could be the Dark Universe one, but... It could be, and technically, you know, the Dreaming and that piece of Vertigo is still out there, so yeah. there's probably no reason they couldn't make that a part of it. That is one of the things in between the... Again, I think it's called the Orrery, where the 52 <laughs> universes are, out between that and the Source Wall that lives. So, yeah. theoretically, you can just stick more and more stuff in there if you want to yeah i i would like you know i like that not that i don't like the traditional cape and cowl stuff but i I like those particular books so if there's a universe out there or if it's already in the plans for dark universe i i would like to see that explored okay that'd be cool because i mean that that is kind of the cool thing about doing this if they are taking the step back away from it's (laughs) it's weird they're taking the step away from the constrained this is just a single reality just as marvel is collapsing all of their shit into a single reality so i suppose that's one of the cool things about being a comic reader now you really can have it both ways it's true because for a long time yeah marvel was the single reality while dc was all over the place then crisis happened yeah so you can have it both ways if it's just no i want all my comic books to be part of a single story you got Marvel, particularly after Secret Wars. Hmm. Yeah, and now you can have all these different kind of books and different kinds of stories. And 
if the overall editorial philosophy is, yeah, we're not going to be so tied into how do all these things tie together, you've got chances to walk back some of the new 52 changes that maybe you didn't like so much. Like, Superman's got a mildly different new costume as of just this week. <laughs> you know, he could get his trunks back. You know, we could get rid of Zero Year, pretend that never happened. <laughs> so we can start making changes and not have it be so, no, oh, this is planned by Didio and Jim Lee and Bob <laughs> Harris, and this is how it is. And yeah, the editorial interference, and no, this cannot be changed because this is the new normal, and it gives some flexibility. I want to see I want to see a universe where Vic Sage is still the question, or, or a, an Earth where Vic Sage is still the question. Actually, yeah, because the whole the question is sort of part of the Trinity. Trinity. <laughs> God, I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that Trinity mystery coming out of Flashpoint was such a big deal for about six weeks, and <laughs> they've tried so hard to keep all that shit relevant. And yeah. some of the Phantom Stranger shit I've kind of liked. But. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed that part of it. But I always liked him as a character. So, But he's one of those ones that I'd be just as happy if they roll him into Dark Universe or um, Earth to be named later that is all of the Vertigo horror stories, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that kind of stuff would be kind of cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, it's kind of weird. We started... Crisis on Infinite Midlives, the website, just as the new 52 was starting. Yeah. It looks like we're going to outlive it. We are. Go us. I mean, how are you feeling about this change as opposed to the new 52 when it was starting off? Because I had very mixed feelings about the new 52. Because I've said repeatedly on this show, being the right age just post-crisis was really fucking exciting. I think that I would have enjoyed the new 52 more if they had treated it more like the Marvel Ultimate Universe and had continued with typical continuity. But then if somebody wanted to jump on a book like from ground zero, have like the new 52 be its own universe. And and I get what you're saying. Uh, and I think that's a thing that could have worked because certainly I liked the ultimate universe stuff as it was coming out. Yeah. And it had a similar kind of feeling in that, okay, this is all brand new. That was what was exciting about crisis was, okay, this is all brand new and I'm in on the ground floor and I can have a piece of it and it's all familiar, but different. And it was the same kind of feeling with the ultimate universe. Yeah. So if they'd done new 52 as that kind of thing, that definitely could have worked. But at the same time, (laughs) That post-crisis feeling of all-in, okay, yep, it's all brand new, no matter what. That was very exciting. Yeah. And they tried that with New 52, and I really think it kind of fell flat. I I think it was very much, and and we've talked about this a few times, you know, with, with Crisis, you came out of it, and you've got John Byrne doing Superman's origin, and Frank Miller doing Batman's origin, and with the new 52, you've got Scott Lobdell doing Starfire's origin. and Yeah, but they yeah. had like Grant Morrison doing action comics. They had some of their heavier hitting architects on the titles that you know, Jeff Johns was on uh, Justice League. That is true. And at least Johns tried to do something very different and kind of interesting with that first year of action comics. Yeah. You know, whether it, I don't think it holds up as well as John Burns did 
with Man of Steel post crisis. But you know, then again, that may just be the simple difference between a fifteen year old reading it and a forty year old reading yeah. the other one. Yeah. So it's weird. This is a whole different thing that is in no way an all in change. It's just sort of, it's as opposed to all in it's nope. Okay. Here's a whole bunch of wild cards and we're just going to do some different stuff. A little bit less exciting because of that, but also kind of cool in that. And I don't think it worked so well when they went all in. So maybe it really is time to just say, okay, fine. We're just, <laughs> we're loosening shit up and we'll see what happens. And we're going to try to bring new people in and figure out what's working and what doesn't and might lead to another DC like, anima, as Didio says, in three or four years. Yeah, or... I mean, I think I'm I'm less interested in anything specific coming out of it that like I missed. And more more I'm looking for them to be true to their word that this is going to be, you know, creators driving stories without really worrying about an overarching continuity wall and micromanagement from from editorial let people just tell good stories stop being event driven yeah if, if this gets us away from events that you can't escape i'm for it yeah and it's odd because both marvel and dc are going into events that we can't escape basically for the next well not next but for several months yeah so hopefully we'll come out of that a little bit cleaner when it's all said and done. That would be nice. For me, the best news about all this is uh, no new Watchmen stories. <laughs> uh, not even an announced new books in the book in the Pax Americana. Grant Morrison's attempt to say, fine, here's a universe where we can tell Watchmen stories. Right. Without really telling Watchmen. Yeah, just fucking leave Watchmen alone for the love of Jack <laughs> Christ. So it's, it's going to be interesting. At, at this point, yeah, I'm looking forward to Convergence. I mean, it was all along. It's like, fine, give me everything that came from everywhere. And then, yeah, let's see what comes up. I could be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I could love Batmite. Prez could give me wood. Don't look at me like that. You're saying words. <laughs> look, OMAC was awesome coming out of the 52. OMAC was all right. I enjoyed OMAC. You know You know what? What, uh, what earth does Ambush Bug live on? Oh, Christ, I have no idea. I think Ambush Bug lives everywhere. I, I, I want to things... see more ambush bug. Yeah. All right. Did you hear that, Dan? Did they... <laughs> I will forgive you your Stephanie Brown if you give me ambush bug. <laughs> forgive what? You don't like Stephanie Brown. He kept her off the stage for three years, for fuck's sake. He did you a favor. Where's Wally West in all this now? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Flash is a continuing title with the same creative team that it has now. means that its current continuity is still going forth, which means... Wally West is still there as a brownhead, uh, brown-haired, I believe, uh, Hispanic kid uh, with, uh, I'm not sure if he has superpowers yet. I've missed the last issue or two. got to catch up on it. Okay. So, yeah, there's Wally West. There's there's someone named Wally West in the DC universe right now. All right. So, yeah, Cassandra Kane will be the next hill for everyone to die on, I imagine. <laughs> All right. How, how are we doing on time? Oh, uh, we're at one hour and 15 minutes. No, that's not... Too bad. You want to talk about a couple actual books from this week? Yeah, why don't or, we do that? All right. Do you have anything else? On? No. All right. So, all right. Which one do you want to start out with? Oh, why don't we start with Miracle Man, speaking of stuff exploding. Yeah. Speaking of around the crisis era. <laughs> so, yeah. It's uh, Miracle Man 15. Yes. Uh, written by Alan Moore. 
it, it says the original writer, but his check to us didn't clear. So fuck it. He's just cranky Allen. Um, you know what I want to say right now? Cause it's safe. Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? There you go. <laughs> That's it. Ah, so glad I got that out of my system. Yeah. That'll, that'll be what ends the show. We'll be cabin fever based. We kill each other with axes and knives. It'll be, we get sued into oblivion by the NFL. Thanks. I appreciate awesome. that. God damn it. You're an imbecile. You've killed us both. <laughs> Uh, I can't find the button. Fuck it. Um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Miracle Man 15, written by Alan Moore, art by John Toddleman. Came out from Marvel this week, but this is not a new book. It was no. originally published in 1988. Uh, the story is fairly well known, at least its basic beats. Uh, this, for a very long time, was a hard book to get your hands on. Yes. We've said before on this show in 2001 about the... After spending like a year and a half in comic stores looking for it, I finally won a drunken last minute bid off on eBay to get a, a copy of the original Eclipse. That was so glorious. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, but it's widely considered one of the classic single issues of the 1980s because Miracle Man was Alan Moore's original superhero deconstruction. Yes. But this particular issue came out in between Watchmen and V for Vendetta. So he was really at the top of his game. And it was impossible to find for a long time for like less than $75, $85, $100. Right. And it's really kind of a cool time to be a comic fan because even though I had read it, now it just dropped into my fucking pulls this week for $5. <laughs> so... And it really didn't get a lot of fanfare, considering how classic a story. Yeah, that's interesting. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the Miracle Man. If there is an issue of Miracle Man that made it Miracle Man, right? This is it. And there's there's backstory to it. Obviously, Johnny Bates surviving the nuclear bass that Gargunga set off to kill the Miracle Man family, and then Bates trying to survive when he becomes a kid again, mm -hmm. and becoming abused and that's the reason he turns back to kid miracle man and you got miracle man and miracle woman going off with as a chorn and the, the, the and but you read this without all that knowledge you've not been keeping up with it as it's been coming out from marvel no um i mean i, I read the first couple of issues and said oh this is great and then i i got pulled into other things um so yeah. at some point i'm going to sit down and, and read them since we have them but yeah, and I've been getting the trades as they come out, and there's one more issue of this Olympus storyline, and then mm -hmm. it goes into the uh, Neil Gaiman books, okay. so uh, Olympus should be out pretty soon. But, but, I mean, my feeling on this reading it um, was that you know, the, I, I wanted to kind of compare it in my head in some ways to um, Man of Steel, when the destruction of, of Metropolis. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, just, just the wanton destruction except that miracle man is very vocal at least in his text bubbles <laughs> yeah um about he's he's very aware of the damage that's being done which is a sense you didn't necessarily get from superman or the man who will become superman in man of steel um in that particular case it's more like destruction is just sort of happening to him <laughs> <laughs> well yeah um however the the sense you get 
of, you know, gee, he, you know, what if you do have a character who has this level of, of power who just decides they're going to unleash? You know, you do see, this isn't my first time seeing something like that, but I think if I had read that in the 80s when it came out, it certainly would have struck me and affected me in a very significant way. Oh, yeah. It, in a lot of ways, this is the first story that ever just took the step back to say, okay, if Superman was fighting Bizarro yeah. in a real world, what would that be like? Well, I took it almost as, you know, the the end where uh, Miracle Man snaps Johnny's neck. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers on a 20-something-year-old story. Yeah. Um, in order to prevent him from ever changing back into Kid Miracle Man. Oh, and I think you missed it. He didn't snap his neck. He punched his head off his body. See, it looked like it was off panel, and there was uh, just a cracking noise. It was, but when you look at the next panel, uh, there is a torso Yeah. with no head. Oh, I, I got that. I just figured he'd popped it off like it was a Barbie doll or something. <laughs> I sort of took it as he just punched Either way. Uh, Johnny Bates is headless in the final page of this <laughs> he story. Is. And and you do get that emotional gut punch of, you know, what it would take if you're the good guy and the only way out you think you have is to kill another human being, you know, powered or otherwise. Yeah. That's that's a hard dollar. Oh yeah. I think you can draw a straight line from Miracle Man fifteen to Man of Steel. Yeah. I don't think Man of Steel exists without this. I'm willing to take on faith that Zack Snyder sanitized the ideas of Miracle Man 15 and just showed us property damage. But the reality of yeah. what someone like General Zod left alone in Metropolis with people he found, for lack of a better word, subhuman yeah. for hours... Behind the behind the collapsing buildings, there's heads on sticks. There's atrocities happening. Yeah, there's there's people strung up with barbed wire. There, um, and yeah, everything Miracle Man says in this about being aware of it, um, aware of the destruction is all internal dialogue. I'm willing to take on faith again that Superman was constantly thinking, I need to get this out of this area, but. I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, down to the decision of the only way I know how to stop this is to kill him while he's at a disadvantage. Yeah. I think without Miracle Man 15, Man of Steel doesn't exist. And I think having read this issue, you know, for years ago, I think that's why I'm far more willing to... I'm far more of a defender of Man of Steel than a lot of people yeah. because of it. Yeah, it, for for me, um, you know, as a first-time reader of the issue, I found it affecting cuz um the original writer Moore, whatever. He's he's Alan Moore. Did did an effective <laughs> job of of um going through the internal dialogue and and letting the reader know what the character is feeling the the part where um, he acknowledges Miracle Man acknowledges he has apologists for this destruction. Yeah. Um, and that he's willing to call them apologists. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they said I hurled a train and that people managed to make it out on time. Nah, there are people in there. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that comes down to the elements of any, yeah, like Superman Bizarro story 
from the 1950s through the 80s. It yeah. was, yeah, yeah, of course you pick up a car and throw it. Well, if this kind of power and insane power were after you and your own life was in danger. Yeah. The Superman as written historically probably wouldn't throw a car with people in it, but in the real world, this is somebody I can't stop and he's coming for me and I'm afraid. Maybe if you if, throw what's at hand, if you have the power of a God, you know, I'm not checking the rock. I'm throwing at Jason Voorhees's face for ants before <laughs> I throw it. I'm just throwing the fucking thing. Yes. So, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The one thing that uh, on rereading this, and I haven't read it for about a year or so. Um, uh, the one thing that didn't ring true was the, was the, not necessarily apologists, and I know this because I've read the entire series, at least that's been published to date through Eclipse. Mm. Um, what we're going to see, again, spoiler alerts on 20-year-old stories, <laughs> uh, Miracle Man elevating himself to basically a, a god status. Yeah. He's narrating this, you know, he says repeatedly from Olympus, yeah. he basically creates, yeah, he takes over the world and turns it into what he thinks is a utopia. Yeah. But... The one thing that didn't ring true to me was number one, that where because he was able to stop this terrible act that he was necessarily worshipped mm -hmm. and the idea that, oh, and then no one went into London. They just left it as a memento mori of this horrible act by Kid Miracle Man. That I don't think rings true 20 something years later. And I don't think it rings true because having lived through 9 11, mm. we didn't leave a pile of rubble. Fucking London didn't leave a pile of rubble after the Blitz. Yeah. That's not human yeah, nature. That's a good point. It's, you know, you will memorialize but clean up and move on. And the idea of people seeing it as a clash between gods, I, I suppose if it was super bin Laden that knocked yeah. down the towers, maybe we'd feel a little differently but it just didn't quite ring true to me yeah okay but yeah i mean without this story yeah you don't have man of steel you don't have dark knight rise these huge stories of cities that fall the large scale high stakes superhero action yeah um so yeah it's just absolutely groundbreaking on that level no, I think it's definitely worth a read for those who have not read it and for those who, who did read it once upon a time to come back to it. There's a lot you can take away from it. Um, with a respect to, you know, what, what we've learned as readers, uh, historically, um, going forward, those big events that you just listed. Yeah. And one thing that I don't think gets enough credit, because when it comes to Miracle Man, everybody just screams more game and, John Tottleben's art on yes. this, because Tottleben was a horror artist. He did mm -hmm. Swamp Thing and Taboo. So the horror elements that he brings to it, you know, that kind of shading and panel layout and just, you know, the little things like, yeah, while the truck is being thrown, just shadowy, you can see somebody in it screaming. Oh, honestly, the, I, I had the same, same thoughts reading it. Like there is so much detail in there. Again, People strung up with barbed wire, you know, on stakes, uh, hung from, from various limbs and whatnot. You know, the, 
the bullpen of artists over at Avatar on various horror comics there have nothing on Tottleman. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's his work was important on the Olympus storyline and in this issue in particular because this is a this issue at least is a horror comic. Yes. This is forces beyond your control come to your town and kill you. Yeah. And and there's nothing you can do. And yeah, if you look over the artists who worked on Miracle Man, you've got you know Gary Leach and uh, Alan Davis and yes. Chuck Austin, all at varying degrees of good to excellent superhero artists. None of those guys would have worked on this storyline and this issue in particular. It was either smart or through blind luck, the right two guys working together on this particular issue because. Yeah, this is, it's a horror story with superhero elements at best. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> and did you did you find you were missing a hell of a lot, not knowing all the backstory? or No, because it, given that there's a certain amount of this that like riffs off of uh, the Marvel family, <laughs> like yeah. my, my brain just sort of filled in like, oh, this must be analogous to this. Yeah, look, ultimately, any superhero comic fan should be reading miracle man you know the the trades are coming out if mm -hmm. you don't want to pick it up month to month but yeah this issue in particular it this is one of the biggest most important comics of the 80s which is one of the biggest most important decades in american comics history right you couldn't get it for years unless you wanted to pay a hundred bucks or steal it off the internet it's like four or five bucks at your comic store. Just go pick this one up and read it. This yeah. is this is an important book <laughs> that just sort of eh, slipped out. Didn't hear a hell of a lot of people talk about it this week. So even though it's an old story, I thought it was important that we talk about it. And I'm I'm glad that you were able to, to get it. Because I, I was worried when I suggested it that it's like, oh, I know she hadn't been reading more than the first couple. I was glad you were able to get something yeah. from it. Yeah, it took a couple of. I had to reread it a couple of times. It's dense. There's a lot going on in this book. This is not one of those ones you're like, "Ooh, pictures," and you just sort of flip through it and get the. Nah, you got to read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But still, you were able to get something from it yeah. without having read every single issue. You should pick this one up and read this one. Okay. Yeah. If it's anything like my local comic store, uh, there'll be a pile of them on the shelves for whatever reason. I'm not sure this one's. Not sure Miracle Man's selling a lot. I'm not sure if people are just waiting for the trades to come out. I don't know. And hoping for the new Gaiman story sometime in the next two years. They'll, or... they'll come out about as frequently as the uh, new Sandman stories. Yeah. Either that or people found torrents of it years ago, and I'm just <laughs> buying them off eBay like a sucker. But... <laughs> you and that one other dude. Yeah. I beat him. <laughs> you did. But All right. Do you want to talk Goon? Let's talk Goon. All right. So The Goon, Once Upon a Hard Time, number one, uh, written and drawn by Eric Powell. Now, this is technically the follow-up to uh, Occasion of Revenge, which is the last four-issue miniseries of The Goon that came out starting, I think, in August. Okay. Uh, that's That was one. You know, the, the Goon can go from wild slapstick comedy to you know, more heartfelt stories. And, mm. yeah, we're we're much more on the... This is yeah. beyond heartfelt into like, oh my God. Yeah. This is an occasion of revenge. Uh, quick, low detail recap. The, the goon had his heart broken by a woman who was placed into his path to betray him. Um, as part of this betrayal, uh, the goon wound up killing, uh, I think it was the nephew of 
uh, Don Rigotti, a mafioso who sent his nephew or what, a family member, yeah. some kid, to be under the goon's protection, uh, and the goon wound up killing him. So, yeah, right now the goon is in the aftermath of that hunting down the people who put this woman Ramona, I think her name was mm -hmm. in his path and dealing with Don Riccardi. Riccardi is sending his people to kill him. And the goon is not dealing with this very well. Uh, the goon is drinking a lot. I mean, he drinks a lot anyway, but uh, he's doing all right, but, but he's, he's becoming unhinged and the, this is a character who generally kind of holds his shit together and is is the brick wall in the face of all of the chaos in his city. Yeah. Well, Eric Powell has said that this could be the final miniseries, basically, of the goon. He, he says he will do stuff with this universe, but mm. and he's being kind of coy about it. Um, but he said this could be the final story with the goon in it. And... The cool thing about this book as it as it has been through its history is I don't know how he comes back from this. He might be telling the truth. The goon may not come out of this alive. It's 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 a harrowing story for for characters that, you know, you just like I love Frankie. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a, and, and and he's watching the goon go through all this and you feel for him feeling for the goon. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a and when the goon turns on Spider and really badly injures him, yeah, we, we've seen similar things. Uh, this is another one I, I've read all of it. Yeah, and I'm not sure that you have, but uh, there was one where uh, I think the character's name was Willie Nagel. Yeah, uh, it was a, a werewolf who was just one of the gang betrays the goon and the goon really turns on him. This is just as harrowing, if not more, because. There was a reason for the goon to go after Nagel. Yeah, this was for... just knee-jerk. He snapped the dude's arm or leg. Or... Yeah, it's a bad day. Fuck it. I'm maiming this character who's yeah. been around for years and years. That was pretty shocking. And, yeah, again, this is a book that can really go between, you know, goofy Peach's Valentine throwing his poop jokes <laughs> and real pathos. Now, Chinatown was was a hard story, you know, a very emotional story, but even that was sort of followed pretty quickly by, because I went back to the trades and flipped, and it was a, a story where, <laughs> yeah, the, the goon and Frankie are looking for Frankie's Dingle Piper. <laughs> don't ask me what it is. I don't think they ever explained what it is, but. It's a Dingle Piper. It, it, it pipes Dingles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pipes Dingles. Could be a... <laughs> Yeah, Dingle Piper at Pipes Dingles. That could be a title. But uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean there there was lightness after that, and with this to go from occasion of revenge to what's happening to the goon, it it has really never been anything like this in this series. I mean, in Return of Labrazio, yeah, that that's where, if I'm remembering right, Goon and Frankie learn that there's a curse in the town. Yes. And if they can get out of town they can escape it and they can have real lives. And there's this moment that was like a big fuck yeah moment in that where as they're right on the edge of town, Frankie you know, escaping you know, this thing that they otherwise would have to deal with. Frankie turns to Goon and says, you know what? Happiness is for pussies. And at the time it was like a fuck yeah moment. And you could draw a line from that to here. Mm. It really sucks the fucking sails out of that moment, man. Yeah. 
um, this is a story. The goon can be at its most effective in a way like the Punisher, where it's told more through the characters who encounter the goon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like the, the Punisher arc that, that Rucka wrote. Um, <laughs> yeah. The characters who encounter the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's why this is so effective in some ways, because it, it's not even that they're, they're saying, oh, the goon feels badly. We're reacting to their actions. You know, when they say, you know, show, don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> We are we are being shown directly how the goon is affecting those around him. Well, yeah, and from an art standpoint, the one that really stands out to me is Frankie. Yes, because <laughs> I got a big original uh, Powell Frankie on my wall. I'm looking at it right now, and yes. Frankie's a cartoon. He's always meant to be a cartoon. Just a big, round face with a blank little orphan Annie eyes. Mm -hmm. um, never meant to. He's, he's big, not supposed to seem threatening, except that, you know, he's threatening well, when he needs yeah. to be. Yeah, knife to the eye. Yeah, he'll threaten <laughs> you if he needs to, but it's he's always been a big cartoony slapstick character. And in this issue, the eyes are still little orphan Annie eyes, but it is a much more realistic face with more details and more lines in it. And, you know, they say every line adds 10 years. Frankie looks a lot more like a person yeah it, there's more realism to it to the character which adds more weight to it so just yeah seeing frankie drawn in that way was to me sort of a semi-conscious okay this is not good no so yeah and, and and combine that with frankie is loyal to the goon no matter what and to see frankie say he might be better off dead at the end of this issue. It's, and that's, that's it's a, heartbreaking, but it's intended to be. Well, yeah, but that's also the cool thing about this series. It'd be real easy for Powell to do just issue after issue of, you know, thin, thinly veiled dick jokes and the goon punching on giant gorillas. And it would be fun to read, but he's always done this additional stuff. And yeah, he's really because it's completely his world and has shown for years that th there's ups and there's significant downs that this could legitimately be the the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a guy who in theory still has a movie in production. And while it would seem weird for him to kill the goose that could in theory lay the golden egg, and I sincerely hope that it does, I contributed significantly to the <laughs> Kickstarter. It's why I have this original Powell Frankie on the wall. But uh, it, it shows how Powell writes that I could, regardless of whether there's a movie or not, I don't think the goon's getting out of this alive. Yeah, it. I would be, I'm, I'm going to be really curious to see where this goes over the next three issues. Yeah, because this, at least right, it's not a franchise, it's not a superhero comic. Nobody has ever promised a happy ending. Right. An unhappy ending has been implied for years in the goon, and that's part of what makes it cool. I mean, it's it's hard to see this character go through this. You know, I love these characters, yeah. But because of that, it's really affecting. It's a really good book. I agree. This is this is no, this is a good one. 
<laughs> if if you're feeling sort of um, event fatigued out, <laughs> yeah. buy and, some independent comics. <laughs> and this should be an event. It could be the death of the goon. But no, it's not. It's a very human it's, story. It's character driven as opposed to bombast driven. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, this is a good one. Pick this one up. <laughs> Go get Miracle Man 15. It's an old book, but you probably haven't read it before. And, and get this one. Yes. All right. We got anything else? I think that's it. All right. So how are we doing on time? Oh, goodness. We're coming in early for us. It's like an hour 40. Oh, all right. I will take it because, yeah, it started late. I've got just enough time to <laughs> to trim the beginning and the end and get this on the wire. So, yes, I don't know how you found this show, but you can always find us at our home website, which is crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can email us at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can we find are. a link to our Facebook page uh, through our home site. We're on Tumblr now. We are on Tumblr. That is crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. So, hey, kids, you can um, reblog us and leave us notes saying how I'm wrong about Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like getting any kind of listener contact. Yes. There's just certain types of listener contact that we go, oh, that's nice. Delete. Um, <laughs> uh, we are also on Twitter. We are. At Infinite Midlife. Thank you, because I never remember that. <laughs> um, Hashtag new Batgirl sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go ahead, alienate the kids. Good enough for DC, but not good enough for us. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like drinking with children, but what the fuck? They can listen. Um, <laughs> we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. If you find us through there, do us a favor. Yeah, shoot us a review. Give us a rating. Like I said, we do like hearing from listeners through any of these variety of communicative yes. means and ways. And I guess that is it for this week. Uh, this has been episode 54 yep. of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. I got to get the fuck out of this house or I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> Knife to the eye. <laughs>